Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today, we're going to talk about why do people hate? We're going to talk about haters today. We're going to explore the depths of their mind to find out what's going on when someone hates. Now, we often hear the word hate throughout our society. People say it all the time. I hate this or that. Is hatred just another human emotion? We'll definitely find out. As people, we have the capacity to experience a range of emotions. Happiness, sadness, anger, frustration, excitement, and other feelings. We can develop a dislike for an object, thing, food, situation, activity, event, idea, concept, or value. Based on our personal preference, personality, taste, desire, and needs, we can choose to like or dislike anything. That's our prerogative. If we have a good experience or perceive something as positive, most likely we're going to have a good emotional reaction to it. We are wired physically and mentally to like pleasurable experiences. Of course, the opposite happens as well. A strong feeling of dislike or aversion can happen if we have a bad or unfavorable experience. Now, let's look at the definition of the word hate. It means to dislike intensely or passionately. Feel extreme aversion for extreme hostility toward. Based on this definition, hate is a description for a very strong or powerful dislike of something. Obviously, something that you just don't like for minor or trivial reasons would not fall under the hate category. Example, you don't hate ice cream, you dislike it. You don't hate the movie, you dislike it. You don't hate the scent of the perfume, you dislike it. It's understandable how we can develop a hatred or a strong dislike for something that's unpleasant, painful, harmful, or hurtful. It's a natural human instinct to avoid, ignore, or reject something that may be an immediate threat or danger to our survival or well-being. Under these circumstances, dislike or hatred can serve as a part of our protective measures to keep us safe. We can see how some people can develop dislike or hatred of certain animals if they perceive them as being dangerous or deadly. Example, some people hate snakes and rats. The key word here is perceived threat. These individuals did not have a personal experience with these animals harming them, yet they somehow believe this animal will be a threat. As we can see, Hatred can also be a learned behavior. Even though there's no real threat or danger, a person can be taught to perceive something as a danger. Therefore, automatically developing a dislike or hatred towards the feared item or thing. Unfortunately, we live in a society where people are encouraged or given the permission to obsessively use the word hate repeatedly. We've heard the common slogans or phrases, I hate my life, 
I hate my job and boss. I hate this situation and I hate this time. We are bombarded by hateful words, attitudes, and mindsets. Yet, to define one's state of being or existence as hateful can be very toxic and stressful. This word carries negative connotation and energy. Everything affiliated with it is bad. We have anger, agitation, frustration, resentment, and bitterness all associated with the word hate. So by constantly repeating the word hate, it becomes a negative affirmation which manifests as an unpleasant reality. In actuality, people are grooming or programming themselves to become hateful. In addition to this self-inflicted hate, most people live in a social environment where they are exposed to hateful behavior, speech, attitude, and mannerism on a large scale. This hate can easily be internalized and start to poison the mind of individuals as they become consumed by this mental virus. Inevitably, this will lead to self-hatred, which is an implosion of internal hate. Self-hatred becomes the embodiment of hatred. Once individuals are conditioned or manipulated to hate themselves, automatically at some point an explosion happens when they turn the hate outward towards others. The hate can be displayed as anger, rage, and other negative emotions. Obviously, nothing good can come from harboring hate because it can be a destructive, explosive, and impulsive emotion. Hatred is notoriously known for destroying one's self-esteem and diminishing one's self-worth. If an individual places no significant value on themselves, it becomes easier for them to project that same negative value on others. Your external world will reflect the negative image you have of yourself. People who suffer from self-hatred experience the following symptoms. Feelings of inadequacy. They feel like they're not good enough, like something is wrong with them. They cannot measure up to the high standard that society has for them or an individual may expect of them. They feel guilt and shame. Self-depreciation. They undervalue themselves, always criticizing and belittling themselves. That is part of the low self-esteem. Self-harm or suicidal thoughts. Self-fault-finding. They're always finding something is wrong with them. Social comparison. Upward comparison. They notice and give value to people who are performing better to devalue themselves. Instead of comparing people who are operating on their level or people who are operating under their level, they always compare themselves to people above them. Something that they cannot seem to reach to make themselves feel bad. They only focus on the negative. Even though the positive is there, they just cannot see it because they have tunnel vision. They have negative thoughts 
That's why they only focus on the negative. Now, they also have an inferiority complex or false sense of superiority. Inferiority complex is part of the not feeling too good about themselves, the inadequacy, the not good enough. Now, the false sense of, of superiority is the arrogance. Sometimes people who hate have a false sense of superiority. They feel like they're better than everybody else. But again, it is a false sense. It's not based on any facts at all. As a matter of fact, it's because they do have low self-esteem. They're trying to overcompensate for something. Negative body image. Something is wrong with their natural body. Not good enough. Depression. Sometimes they suffer from depression. They're indecisive, doubtful, or confused. I just list a lot of the symptoms that people have when they experience self-hatred. Now, self-hatred is very pervasive among people who are targeted for oppression. They are born into a culture that teaches them to hate everything about themselves. Their physical body, inheritance, family, relationship, their values, or their beliefs. These individuals are encouraged to assimilate into the dominant culture in order to obtain a foreign way and erase their identification. The oppressors are also suffering from self-hatred. This self-hatred enables them to project their own weakness, insecurity, flaws, deficiencies, or faults onto others. We're talking about individuals hating themselves and projecting this emotion on others. It becomes a serious issue when these individuals form a group to oppress others. This is collective hatred directed towards an individual or another group. Now, let's imagine a group of hateful individuals coming together specifically to attack the object of their contempt or what they despise. We have evidence of the atrocities that can happen when there's collective hatred. Let's stroll down the pages of history. During the time of chattel slavery, that's when you had a group of people who hated people of African descent. They came together and that hate that they had, as a result of that combined hatred, they did a lot of unspeakable things. There were terroristic acts, mob lynching, castration and mutilation, gang rape, hate crimes, ethnic violence, massacres, execution, death squads, assassinations, and even revolts for people fighting against that. So when people come together to practice collective hate, it definitely is a bloodbath. All right. So we have a lot of problems when people come together and inflict their collective hate. Now, some people suffer from what they call xenophobia. They were taught to fear anything that is outside of their group, community, or culture. The definition of xenophobia is the following. Fear or hatred of strangers or foreigners or a strong 
aversion to strangers or foreigners. This is an irrational fear based on ignorance, insecurity, and jealousy. People who are outside of a group are demonized and vilified. We could understand how some people can feel threatened or intimidated by an outsider if they are not accustomed to dealing with different types of people. If they have a history of being aggressive, violent, paranoid, oppressive, and hateful amongst their group, they will project the same hatred towards other people, assuming they have similar destructive mindsets. In other words, if you're a hateful person as an individual who is part of a hateful group, then you can't imagine or conceive of anyone not being hateful like yourself. Like the old saying goes, hate begets hate. And violent violence begets violence. Because in order to act hateful, there has to be a mentality and value system that makes it conducive or acceptable to be hateful. In other words, hate cannot exist or thrive in the presence of love or positivity. Hateful individuals create hateful groups. Hateful groups create a hateful society that creates systemic hatred that perpetuates institutionalized hatred. Let me repeat that. Hateful individuals create hateful groups. Hateful groups create a hateful society that creates systemic hatred that perpetuate institutionalized hatred. Therefore, the hatred already existed in the society before the stranger or foreigner arrived. Xenophobia is individual hatred becoming collective hatred when it is directed at someone who is different. Obviously, blind hatred has no boundaries or limitation. It eventually consumes the person and distorts their thinking process. Hateful individuals are able to rationalize, justify, and excuse their behavior, which falls under the following category. How would we describe that? We would describe their behavior as destructive, animalistic, impulsive, counterproductive, irrational, and vengeful. Inevitably, these hateful actions damages or destroys the hater, making them victims of their own hate. Some people have made the following comparisons. Hate is like drinking a cup of poison. It will kill you before harming anyone else. Hate is like being exposed to fire. It, it, if you don't put it out, it will spread until you get severely burned. Hate is like having a cancer cell in your body. It will grow out of control until it, it eventually kills you. Hate is like a weed in a garden. If it is not removed, there's a chance of it completely taking over and killing the other plants. Hate can displace all your other emotions, such as love and compassion. Hatred could be demonstrated in a covert way or overtly. 
Some people are hateful and are not consciously aware of it. They may pretend to be kind, polite, or nice, but they still harbor negative feelings towards others. They behave in ways that are subtle and not obvious to others. This is called implicit bias when the person is not consciously aware of their own bias, prejudice, or hatred. Their hatred is disguised as ignorance, accidental, or mistake. In reality, their action causes harm, injury, and insult others. Overt hatred is open and direct. There's no hiding anything. It is explicit, negatively, intentionally aimed to attack or destroy others. Hatred may seem benign or harmless if it's not acted upon. However, it can still cause internal harm as well as creating a negative disposition in the person which can create a chain reaction of unfortunate events. On the other hand, hatred can be malicious, hideous, and deadly, causing irreparable damage. The question most people may ask, why do other people hate? Again, it's understandable or reasonable to dislike people who deliberately and directly pose a risk to one's safety. But if there's no personal history of wrongdoing or bad intentions, why do people hate for what seems to be no apparent reason? Let's explore some of these reasons. Fear. People hate because they are afraid. Afraid of their safety being compromised, well-being. They're afraid of their family being harmed, property being damaged, their health being compromised, their wealth being taken away, or their possession. They're afraid of losing what they have. Fear it will be taken from them. Fear of retaliation, vengeance, or rejection. So one of the main reasons why people hate is because of fear. They are afraid. The other reason why people hate, intimidation, threat, feel possible danger, pressure, or anxiety. So if someone is intimidated by someone, if they feel threatened, then it's a natural reaction for them to hate, have a strong dislike or aversion for that thing, object, or person. People hate because of insecurity, feeling of inadequacies, weaknesses, unworthiness, or self-hatred. Insecure. That's definitely one of the reasons why people hate, because they feel insecure. Resentful. Someone has more than they do. They may have more intelligence, more material things, wealth, status, money, love, family, or etc. Whatever it is that someone else have that they don't have, some people are jealous and envious and they become resentful. Angry. Some people hate because they're angry. They're upset or annoyed with the idea or concept of someone being better than them, having more, or possibly replacing them. People have different reasons why they're angry. So these are some of the reasons why people hate. Now let's continue. Ignorance. Immature. Some people are just immature and don't have common sense. 
They don't know how things work or function. They assume the worst of a person based on what was told to them. So sometimes people hate people because they're ignorant, because of ignorance. Stubbornness, that's another reason why people hate. They have a rigid and a rigid, they have a rigid way and they refuse to change. They want to hold on to negative thoughts and unrealistic expectations. So stubbornness is one of the reasons why some people hate. Unforgiving. Refusing to forgive or pardon a past transgression and being hateful to anyone who is associated, connected, or identified with this object of hate. Okay, so it's very hard to love or to like something if you're not able to forgive. You got to be able to let that go. And some people hate because they are unforgiving. A grudge. Some people hate because they hold a grudge. Holding a past transgression, pain, or suffering. Becoming bitter and hateful as a result of a traumatic experience. Some people hold a grudge. They do not want to let that go. They feel like if they let it go, then it's like letting that person get away. And that's the reason why they hold on. Because maybe a justice wasn't served yet. And even if the justice is served, some people want to be in that state of anger and pain and hurt. Because that's their way of processing it. So some people hate because of grudge. They have a grudge. Disgusted. Feeling ill or disturbed by something that is unpleasant. Some people imagine or perceive something to be disgusting based on false information. Leading them to hate it. Some people, as stated before, they never had an experience with a particular individual or group or item or thing. But they were taught to perceive this thing or group or person as less than, as inferior or not good enough. And they're disgusted by it. And they hate because they are disgusted. They've been taught to be disgusted. Loyalty. Feeling of blind allegiance to a cause, group, principle, ideology, lifestyle, or belief. This person will hate anyone or anything that is against their object of loyalty. People are loyal. They're loyal. And because of that loyalty, they hate anything that go against it or is not in alignment with it. Pride or ego. Feeling a sense of false superiority. Believing one is better than others. Seeing others as less than. Arrogant and boastful. Leading someone to hate others. So a lot of people hate people because of their pride and their ego. Acceptance and approval. Some people hate because they're seeking approval and acceptance. Hating others to gain the acceptance or approval of others who are important. Maybe they are in high status or position. Someone that they like. Being hateful gain that person's attention. Or it may gain them some type of prestige, honor, or position. So people hate others because they're seeking approval or acceptance from people who are in higher positions. Personal belief. 
Some people hate because this is their personal belief. Values, principles, or ideology teaches them to hate others. Whether it's a religious belief, political, or cultural, educational, because they're a member of certain groups, organizations, or association, they teach them as part of their personal values to be hateful. It's not a good thing. All right, so we just reviewed all the reasons why some people may hate. There are many reasons why people may hate, but we just discussed some of the few. So let's do a real quick recap. People hate because of fear, intimidation, threat, insecurity, resentfulness, anger, ignorance, stubbornness, unforgiving, grudge, disgusted, loyalty, pride, or ego, approval or acceptance, and personal belief. Some people are so hateful, they have normalized being hateful and can't seem to get out of the state. They may not display any direct hateful behaviors towards people that they like, favor, or appreciate, but the hatefulness surfaces or expose itself or rear its ugly head when the object of their disdain or contempt appears. How can a person appear to be so nice and kind to some people while being so hateful towards others? It's like having a dual reality or acting bipolar. If there's no real immediate danger or imminent threat, hate is not serving any logical purpose. Like all other emotions, hate is an expression of a feeling based on one's experience. If there's a distortion or messed up perception based on misinformation, manipulation, irrational thought, or limited belief, a false reality will be created. So most people are hateful because of erroneous information, unrealistic expectations, and farce ego. Being hateful can be rewarding to most people in various ways. Let's look at the benefits of conforming or complying with the hate program or agenda. So a lot of people are not being hateful just to be hateful. They're being hateful because they're getting something out of it. They're being rewarded. They're being compensated. So let's look at what they're getting. Gaining power and control of others. People hate because they're gaining some type of power and control. People hate because it increases their status. They go from a lower rank to a higher rank. This is what they're getting out of it. They get validation and acceptance from their peers or their leaders. They have the opportunity to acquire more materialism, more material things. They gain privilege and access to benefits or favors. Of course, they may get monetary gains or political positions. So these are some of the things that people gain from being hateful. So they're just not being hateful just to be hateful. They're being hateful because it's gainful. Now, how can we identify a person who is hateful? The primary way is to observe a person's behavior, action, attitude, and demeanor. 
also their relationship with others and their associations. Hateful people tend to affiliate with other individuals who have similar values. Let's review the symptoms of hate that most people display who are active, overt haters. When you see them, you know who they are. Okay, let's talk about some of those symptoms. They may be aggressive. They have aggression, high level of aggression towards the people that they don't like or the groups that they don't like. They become very aggressive, hostile, angry. They can display domineering traits. They want to always be in control because they feel like it is their right, their birthright to lead these people because they're superior and these people are less than and not good enough. They're inferior. The people who hate display intolerance. They have no tolerance for anyone, for their group, the people who belong to their group or the people that they like, they have high tolerance. But for the people that they hate, they have very little tolerance. They become very judgmental. Okay, they take little things and make them big things and generalize a lot. If one person in that group is this way, therefore all of them, they stereotype. Okay, they're very arrogant. People who are hateful, you know, that's one of the symptoms. They're very arrogant. They're pessimistic when it comes to the people that they hate. They cannot see any redeeming qualities in the people that they hate. They will only see what they want to see, and that is the negative. Bias. They're biased. They're prejudiced. Condescending. Look down on them. Temperamental. Very, very moody. They could be very sweet and nice to the people they like. And then next second, they're upset because the person that they hate walks into the room. So they switch up in their temperaments. Antisocial behavior. Those are the people they don't like or they hate. Cruelty. They ridicule them. They're rude. Mean. They become frustrated when dealing with them. They could be dishonest or destructive. And they have a history of violence, whether they're actually performing the act of violence or they're condoning other people's act of violence. So these are the symptoms of people who are hateful. Okay, they can be hateful for different reasons. So we'll get into that. They specialize, the people who hate, the haters, they specialize in scapegoating. What is scapegoating? Blaming the hated group or individuals for all their problems, their worries, their fears, and concern. Yet, they are taught that if this hated group is controlled, abused, or eliminated, their lives would be somehow much better. Okay? So this is the reason why they scapegoat. They scapegoat because they need someone to blame for their personal problems, for their failures, for their inadequacies, for their weakness. And instead of taking personal responsibility and being accountable, it's easier to scapegoat and blame someone else or another group. It's because of the blacks. It's because of the Mexicans. It's because of the Indians. It's because of the Muslims. It's always somebody else causing the problems. Okay? They never take responsibility for their own acts and their actions. Now, who are the 
hated groups currently. Okay, who are the groups that get the most hate? Now, the minority groups, non-white people, people of color, especially black people of African descent. Okay, so people who are black or with a high concentration of melanin, people who have African features, who are descendants of people from Africa, they get the most hate. This is a global phenomenon. No matter where they go on this planet, they get the most hate. Then you have other oppressed groups, people of color. Then you have people who are poor, disabled, the elderly group, and some religious groups. Okay? People from non-Western cultures, other ethnic groups, people from other countries that are not part of the Western world. They are also hated. These are the groups that are hated. The hatred for black or people of African descent have been a global problem since the beginning of Western exploration and domination. Let's say it started all the way back when the Greeks invaded Egypt. Or maybe some people place it when Christopher Columbus, the so-called discovered the new world. All right. So the discovery of Columbus gave the Caucasian or European people the resources, the wealth and the military power to conquer the globe. This is called racism. When one race feels superior based on false pretense and believe they have the right to control another race. The hated race is dehumanized and objectified in order to be subjected to domination. So this is the origin of racism. We go way back when, all right? When black people were subjected to enslavement and imprisonment based on the color of their skin, based on their genetic inheritance. They weren't enslaved because they were prisoners of war. They weren't enslaved because they were just cargoes of commerce. They were enslaved specifically because they were considered to be an inferior group that was hated for no apparent reason. So this is the beginning of racism. Now let's move on to other forms of hatred. The hatred for women or females have taken place in Western culture since the caveman days. We have misogyny and sexism. So misogyny is the hatred of females. Sexism, when one sex believes they have the God-given right to dominate and control the other sex. This is sexism. And we have women. Women are predominantly the victims of sexism. They are considered to be the lesser sex or the sex that's not given its proper value. And this is a phenomenon that happens in Western culture because in African culture and Asian culture and other melanated beings culture, they have honor and respect for females. They saw women as equal to them, the men did, and they honored them and 
appreciated them. And it was shown in the position and influence that they had in society. So this is a Western phenomenon. It started with, with Western Caucasian men, sexism and misogyny. Let's move on to another type of hate. The hatred of the poor or lower class of people has existed in Western culture since the Western culture created the poor class of laborers who were in poverty, suffering from social deprivation of their basic human needs. So we call that classism. It is the bias and prejudice against people from a specific economic class. Usually, it was the rich dominating and controlling the poor. So this is called, this type of hatred is called classism. Let's move on to another form of hatred. The hatred of the elderly population in Western culture is displayed by having a youthful orientated society. The elderly are rejected, looked down upon, ridiculed, isolated, and disrespected. This type of hatred is called ageism. Ageism, right? And it primarily targets the elderly population. But sometimes ageism can also affect young people as well. Because in certain Western cultures, they had no respect and no honor for the young people, for the children. They demoralize, degrade, and abuse them as well. So it's two extremes. They abuse the young and they abuse the elderly. So ageism is when there's a hatred for a group of individuals because of their age. Okay, there's bias and prejudice against people of specific age. So they took advantage of the young because the youth, the children were seen as property and they took advantage of the old because they were no longer used for labor. All right, so we just discussed the different types of hatred. Let's do a quick review. We have racism is when one group race hates the other group. When one race hates the other race. We have sexism when one sex hates the other sex. We have classism when people from one class, usually upper middle class, the rich class, hate the people from the poor class. We have ageism, where we have people hating people from a specific group. Usually from the very young, they hate the young, or they hate the very old. All right, so all these things are different types of hatred. So we live in a very hateful society where people are always hating on each other. Now, for a person to have hatred towards an individual or group and not act upon it, is the exception. Hatred is almost always not just a feeling or mindset. It is accompanied by some type of action or behavior. Now let's discuss the act of hate demonstrated by haters that creates a hellish state for so many innocent people who are victimized. Let's talk about it. We have oppression. We have discrimination, isolation, hate crimes, violation of human rights, harassment, bullying, sexual assault, 
abusive behavior, domestic violence, enslavement, imprisonment, assassination, murders, property destruction, hate speech, segregation, crimes against humanity, holocaust, terrorism, genocide. These are all the things that happen when people have a mentality of hate. Hate is not just a feeling. If someone could just hate you and they just feel hatred towards you, that's one thing. Because that is their own hell. Because if they feel hate, they're suffering. Now, once they decide to act upon that, that changes everything. So let's talk about that. Now, hateful behavior has been criminalized in many societies, especially Western societies. It was so common that the law had to intervene to do something about it. So they had to criminalize it in order to address the problem. They can't make people change their minds because hatred has already been ingrained into the society into the psychic, into the minds of people. It has, has been, been passed down from generation to generation. It's ingrained and incorporated in every aspect of the culture. So they can't get rid of it in terms of the mindset. So they're trying to control the behavior. In many countries, there are hate bills, laws to penalize hateful acts against innocent individuals. There are laws to protect the legal constitution civil rights of minority groups, especially blacks and women. There are hundreds of hate groups in the United States and throughout Europe. They make a call to violence. This is an announcement that they make, whether it be online or in person. And that call to violence is basically letting people know that it's okay for them to commit acts of violence, oppression, against the hated groups or individuals. There's individuals acting on their own who violate, threaten, and harm others. These criminal acts are classified as hate crime. There's a lot of hate crimes happening in the United States, in Europe, and around the world. And that hate crime is directed towards minority groups. They are the ones who are targeted. They're still subjected to discrimination and segregation in many areas, whether it be public accommodation, employment, housing, healthcare, you name it. Minority groups are still being oppressed. Now, even though most hateful groups won't commit a criminal act, but they do engage in bias incident that are technically not against the law, yet these behaviors are still offensive, harmful, and oppressive. Again, most people who are part of hateful groups, they may not do anything. They may not go burn nobody's house down. They may not go, you know, light a cross in front of your house. They may not go, you know, put a a noose around your neck. They may not, you know, go try to lynch you. They may not do that. It won't be that overt, but they do have bias incidents. Okay, these bias incidents are not technically against the law because they're not really violating the law, but it's still 
a hateful act. So let's talk about some of these biased incidents. We have hateful, hostile expression. It's not against the law for someone to be hostile towards you as long as they're not threatening you. You walk into a room, you walk into a restaurant, and they give you that evil eye. Or they just look at you with contempt or disgust. They don't want to service you. They don't want nothing to do with you. They don't even know you. But simply because you are part of this group that they hate. The color of your skin, your national origin, your religious background, your culture. Something about you that they hate. So they can be very hostile towards you. Very unfriendly. It's not against the law. This is called a biased incident. Using racial ethnic slurs to identify someone. Calling the person the nigger. Or calling somebody a speak or, you know, whatever it is that they use. Whatever derogatory words that they use. They may do that. That's not illegal. That is not considered a hate crime. Even though it is a biased incident. It is a form of verbal abuse and degradation. They call you all kind of name. Monkey and coon. I mean, whatever it is that they call you. If, if it's derogatory, it's to humiliate you and put you down. It's definitely a form of bias incident. Creating racist or derogatory images. Imitating someone's cultural norms or practice without giving them credit. That's called cultural appropriation. Repeating hateful jokes to offend or insult a person. Using hate symbols to cause fear and threaten others, such as the burning cross, the swastika, the noose. These are all what you call bias incident. Right? They're not against the law, but they are still considered bias incident. Now, most of these individuals make excuses for their hateful behavior. Let's discuss some of the reasons why they give. What are the justifications? What, how do they sleep at night? How do they make themselves okay with being hateful towards individuals or groups? They say, this is their explanation, they have the right to their personal belief, values. You know, they have the right to exercise free will. This is their personal choice to hate who they want to hate. And they're right, they can. They have the right to hate whoever they want to hate. As long as they don't act upon that hate. Because once they act upon that hate, it's another story. As long as they keep that hate to themselves. But these, this is one of the excuses that they use. Well, it's my personal choice. I have the right to express myself. The right to self-expression. I have the freedom of speech. Okay? So they feel like they can say anything because of freedom of speech. But if you're saying something that's hateful and that's trying to hurt somebody, you know, I mean, where does your freedom start and that person's freedom start? Where? All right. Your freedom may impede or affect somebody else's freedom. Now, sense of righteousness. A lot of them feel like because they belong to the superior group, you know, they feel privileged. They feel that it is their right. They have a sense of entitlement. I have the right. I am an American. I am a Caucasian. I am, you know, from this person. I am Mr. So-and-so. They feel entitled. They justify their behavior because they had a bad experience with somebody. So that gives them the right to hate everybody that's associated with that group or with that area. Okay. A lot of them are just arrogant and prideful. 
They're very narcissistic and they have a psychopathic personality. Sometimes they're under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Okay? And sometimes it's based on greed because they, they want to acquire more things and wealth. They could be envious or jealous. They fear others will deprive them of their property. They want to possess everything, including other people's things. So these are some of the reasons why they justify, justify being hateful. And there is no justification for hate. If you're not immediately being threatened, there's no reason to hate anybody. Now, there are many individuals who claim to be against hateful behaviors and do not engage directly in it, yet they have high tolerance and acceptance of others who demonstrate hate. Let's see how they are promoting or enabling hate by remaining silent. So this person is not professing to be a hater. As a matter of fact, they're saying that they're not. But even though they're not doing it, but they are condoning it when other people do it. They condone individuals, you know, who do things to hurt other people. Individual bias and prejudice, you know, they're tolerated. You know, they tolerate it. They ignore it or deny its existence. They turn a blind eye to it. They act like they don't see it, even though it's very visible to everyone. So even though they're not doing any acts of hate, but the fact that they're condoning it, they're supporting it, all right? They're ignoring it or denying it. That is a form of engagement. The fact that they're silent about it. They're not saying anything to stop it. All right? Tolerating hateful jokes. Laughing as if it's funny. And they're not correcting the individual who's making those hateful jokes. So if they're doing that, they are definitely complicit. They are part of it, even though they claim not to be. Not challenging the system of oppression allowing them to continue to suppress harm or deprive others of their human rights. Supporting hateful institutions that promote stereotypes, segregation, and oppression. If you're doing that, you're a hater, even though you claim you're not. Benefiting from the privilege denied to others because of hate, racism, sexism, classism, or any other type of ism. If you're benefiting from that, you are part of the problem, not part of the solution. Not standing up for justice and equality when the opportunity is presented. If you can vote something to help, if you can intervene on behalf of someone that's being abused or oppressed or discriminated against, okay, or you can even correct a biased statement. If you're not doing that and you're allowing these things to continue in your presence, that means that you are a hater. Even though you claim not to be, you're tolerating hate. And therefore, you're harboring hate. Therefore, you're a hater. Now, being hateful is not a crime, but some hateful acts are criminalized. It is obvious that hateful behavior creates problems. Nothing good comes out of hate. There's no positive aspect to continuously be in a hateful state. As we discussed earlier, hate, like all other emotions, is just an expression of how one feels. One experience hate when in a state of fear, worry, intimidation, trauma, and stress. 
So the object of any emotion is to bring to the person's attention the need to address the problems creating this feeling. In other words, hate is just the symptom of a greater problem. Unfortunately, some people are comfortable in accepting of hate as a normal emotional state instead of a distressing signal for help. We've already addressed all the human inflicted atrocities caused by hateful behaviors. Let's look at the negative impacts it has on individuals. Again, hate begets hate. Hate is a very stressful and traumatic experience to victims and to haters. Stress induces physical problems. Okay, it can create compromised immune system. Your body is weak and prone to disease. You can have body aches, stomach ache, heartache, backache, all kind of problems. Increased vulnerability to serious illness, cancer, heart problems, diabetes, sleeping disorders, digestive disorders. So hate can cause all type of physical ailments. So hate is something that is very serious because it can cause other people to be sick. Increased rate of mental and emotional health issues, depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, addiction, drugs, alcohol, eating disorders. Hate can cause economic issues, unemployment, underemployment, poverty, welfare, dependency. It's depriving people of opportunity to be able to become self-sufficient. So that's definitely creating a problem. Violence in society. It commit it it hate contributes towards crime, destruction of property, domestic violence, child abuse, gangs, terrorism, war, and genocide. So to have hate in a society, it creates a violence, it creates a violent environment. Okay? Now, it also can contribute to civil unrest, riots, and protests because people are tired of being abused, oppressed, taken advantage of. So because of that, you have a lot of civil problems and social unrest. Now, hate causes regression of society instead of progression. Hate causes division instead of unity. Hate causes confusion instead of clarity. Hate causes developmental delays instead of personal growth. Hate causes immaturity instead of accountability and responsibility. Hate causes stagnation instead of motivation. Hate causes conflict instead of resolutions. Now, how do you overcome hate? Let's just take a few minutes to talk about that. The first thing is becoming self-aware. It is all about self-awareness. Acknowledge there's a problem. Notice the negative patterns or habits. Look at, look at the root of this hate. Where did it come from? Is it based on fear, worry, trauma, insecurities, or stress? Look at it. Hate is a learned behavior. People are taught to dislike others or things from their social environment, their home, their neighborhood, their community. Who taught you to hate? Go and reflect and do a life review and find out who taught you to hate. How has this hatred negatively impacted your life? How did it affect your behavior, your attitude, your mindset? You know, has it really helped you in any way? How many opportunities you missed because of your hate? 
How did it affect your job? How does it affect your health? How did it affect your relationship? Has your hate caused pain and suffering to others? You have to acknowledge these people's feelings and take personal responsibility for your hateful actions and apologize if possible. It's easier to overcome your feeling of hate when you understand why it manifested in your life in the first place. Hate is no longer necessary when you can learn how to solve your problems. Hate is a form of coping for some people. The way they address a difficulty or challenge is to hate it. What they really hate is not the person or object, it's the pain, disappointment, betrayal, suffering, heartache, intimidation, insecurities, and instability. Some people can't let go of the negativity because they don't have anything to replace it with. They hate because of the absence of love in their lives. So self-love conquers hate. There's no place for negative emotions to prevail if love is present. Surround yourself with people who know how to love and are practicing being loving. Unfortunately, some people are afraid of love because they see it as a form of weakness. They are vulnerable to being used, abused, or attacked when they love. Yes, if they are adopting the fantasy version of love, then they will be open to being taken advantage of. Self-love doesn't involve being a martyr. No, you don't have to self-sacrifice or self-deprive yourself or self-annihilate. You don't have to. It's self-empowering. Self-love is self-empowering, self-sustaining, self-sufficiency, self-preservation, self-enhancement. There's no room for hatred when one is grounded in love. You're not threatened, intimidated, or insecure. You're fully capable of defending and protecting yourself. Life is full of positive possibilities. So there's no need for greed, selfishness, or cruelty that comes from with hatred. Love is freedom. Fear is bondage. Hatred is destruction. Which one will you choose? Who will you serve or what will control you? Love brings life. Hate brings death. A life without love is not a life worth living. A life filled with hate is a life of misery. It's time to separate love from hate, from the people who love to hate. So it's all about learning to love and not loving to hate. Thank you very much.